welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean Cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 347. Royal Caribbean recently completed a massive upgrade to Freedom of the Seas, and the ship is now newly amplified and managed just one sailing before this whole coronavirus shutdown. This week, Don from Eat Sleep Cruise joins me to talk about his adventure on Freedom and what he thought of all the upgrades and enhancements. Here we go. Anytime a Royal Caribbean ship gets amplified, gets some new upgrades, additions, enhancements, it really gets everybody to take notice of it. And the most recent ship to get a Royal Amplification is Royal Caribbean's Freedom of the Seas. And while I have not had the opportunity to sail on this brand new refurbished ship, uh, one of my very good friends had the chance to do so. Uh, it is Don from um, EatSleepCruise.com. Don, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, thanks, Matt. I didn't know I was one of your good friends. That that made my night. I was going to say, one of my good friends, unfortunately, he couldn't make it. So instead, we've got Don joining us here. <laughs> that sounds more like you, but no, I'm okay. glad to be on the show. Thanks a lot. <laughs> of course. I love you guys. You and Heidi do such a great job. And uh, I was insanely jealous for two reasons. One, you were on the cruise and I wasn't. Two, because you guys were like on the one of the last sailings before this whole 30-day shutdown. I know. We got lucky on that. We Well, before we left, when all the things had started, we said, what would it take for us to cancel this cruise? And we couldn't think of anything. But um, I guess the cruise line's canceling cruising is what took what it took for us not to get back on a ship. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, but that's a discussion for a different day. But I wanted to talk about freedom of the seas because honestly it's got lost in the shuffle here it redebuted. you guys were on the first sailing of its amplification um and again just like mariner navigator um independence of the seas they all got these really nice upgrades new features it was freedom's turn and um freedom basically came back to service the first sailing was your sailing right there and then all this uh, coronavirus stuff happened but um i assume you booked this cruise don because you saw okay here's the schedule freedom's coming back it kind of worked you wanted to be on the first sailing is that is that a fair way to say why you booked this particular cruise that would be definitely fair i mean obviously we like freedom we we've sailed on it a long time ago and yeah it just lined up that would be the first cruise it lined up for my spring break because I teach her at a college part-time, as you may remember. Uh, so, yeah, it's the, everything aligned perfectly. It was like, yeah, we'll just book it. Um, and it was doing the ABC, so we haven't done the Southern Caribbean as often as some of the other itineraries, so just a perfect storm. Perfect, perfect. So uh, you have, you're on Freedom of the Seas, and they did a lot of changes on board the ship, and I really want to focus on those changes here. We're also talk about maybe some of the things you did in the island and and also what happened at the end of your sailing. But um, let's focus on some of the changes you you experienced here on Freedom of the Seas. Of course, Freedom sails out of San Juan, Puerto Rico, uh, does seven night sailings down to uh, the ABC Islands, as Don said. Uh, let's talk about the, the features on board. Uh, how about the water slides? Oh, those are fun. You know, we um, I'm, I'm like a big kid, so as long as I don't gain enough, gain too much weight to hit that weight maximum, you know, we do all those activities. So they add them to the back of the ship, as you know, right next to the flow rider, similar to what they've done, I think, with like Navigator. Actually, no, I'm sorry, Mariner, right, that they just added them kind of in the back. So yep. for, for slides that were kind of afterthought, I think they're great. They're fast and fun, and and I, I ride them. I don't, I don't care that <laughs> I'm almost 40. <laughs> Yeah, that's great. I love the water slides as well. And they're always just a fun thing to do on a sea day. Actually, my favorite time to go on the water slides is when you get back to the ship on a port day. You're already in your bathing suit probably. And so it's really easy just to go take the elevator back upstairs, go right to the to the water slide, hit them a couple of times, and then go back to your room and shower. Yeah, or we do it like depending if you have like a late uh, tour or something, you do it right when they open, when the line's smaller. But these the lines weren't too bad for the whole trip, even though it was spring break. I feel like there were less kids than maybe there would definitely be in the summer or another time of year. So while the lines were 
manageable. It's unlike maybe if you were in the summer where the lines would be longer. So you could you could find a decent time to do them almost any time. Sure. What do you think of the other big change um, is on the pool deck, and you have mm. the the new lime and coconut, and they basically redid the entire pool deck. And I absolutely loved when they did this on Navigator of the season. I thought it really uh, changed up the 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 whole feel of it. What did you think of the new? Um, they call it a Caribbean poolscape. What did you think of the new pool deck on Freedom? Yeah, I mean, we love Navigator's setup, too. And this is just, I guess, because we haven't been on Freedom for a while, I didn't realize how much bigger it is than the Navigator or just the layout. So, yeah, we love the new Caribbean pool style. Uh, the pool deck, like the addition of the lime and coconut, definitely spruces things up there and gives it a different flavor. And it, it, it makes that theming continue from deck 11 to 12. And... I know Heidi's a big fan of the casitas, right? So they have those buildings that have the shade in them and some of the other furniture that's a little bit more comfortable than maybe the lounge chairs. So it's definitely a highlight. And and people were loving, I think, the pool deck out there. Um, So I I think it's really worth it. It was one of the better updates of the ship. Nice. Yeah, I I really think they did a great job with that. It's just so much more seating, uh, to your Mm -hmm. point. And, and I really love some of the things they did there. Um, also, I'm going to jump around here a little bit, but the um, El Loco Fresh is also on the right attached to essentially the pool deck now, right? It is, yeah. It's on the port side, kind of near the Splash Away Bay for kids, which is which we don't have kids, but for families, it I can't remember what the old splash pad looked like, but this thing is pretty massive they have on the ship. It, it's a legit water park for kids, so it's right over there. And it's open during our sailings, open like from 11 to 6. So I know I think on the Oasis class, sometimes they have breakfast there. So there's no breakfast, but they definitely had dining for like lunch and afternoon snacks. Yeah. And what's nice about El Loco Fresh is this is on Freedom, the first El Loco Fresh that includes a full service bar, uh, including tequila. So uh, did you have a chance to, to sample any of this tequila, sir? Well, you know me, of course. We had a couple uh, different <laughs> drinks there. They have a small menu of a few select margaritas. So we did those. And but they have a full bar, so besides tequila, you can get some other drinks there. Uh, it doesn't really have much atmosphere, but it's definitely good to grab your tacos or your burritos, or whatever you want to grab there, and then grab a drink and then find a seat. So it was really convenient. Yeah, I feel like it addresses something that a lot of people who come over from other cruise lines, particularly Carnival, seem to harp on with Royal that there's not a lot of de- uh, pool deck food. Like you can't like easily grab while while you're on the pool deck. Grab food. Traditionally, the Windjamer is the place people go to to get mm-hmm. that. But like on other cruise lines, I hear that you don't have to go very far from the pool in order to grab just a small bite to eat. So I think the addition of El Loco Fresh and offering it with as convenient as it is right from the pool deck there is a nice uh, addition or change however you want to look at it. It definitely is. We didn't actually eat at all in the buffet for lunch. And it mainly because El Loco Fresh was right there, to your point. So if we felt like getting a snack, we already had lounge chairs or we were sitting on some of the couches, the newer couches they had there to do some work. You could just walk over there. And the lines were pretty short there, too. They moved pretty quickly. So no, I think it, it definitely updates things. And, and having just sailed on Carnival Ship, I, I can see how people would say that because you're right. There, It's a diff, totally different kind of setup than what Royal typically has. What um did you get a chance to spend time in the Solarium? Because that was also another area that got renewed. Um, I really like the idea that they did uh, the Solarium area on, remember on Mariner and Navigator especially, again, uh, refreshed sun chairs, uh, more seating, some of those casitas that Heidi really likes are down there as well. And I I think that, well, like, I mean, literally it's a one-liner in the press release, you know, renewed adults-only Solarium, but it definitely does, I think, bring it up to, it feels like a resort-level um, seating in, in that area. What did you think of the Solarium? 
No, it definitely is updated. We actually didn't spend too much time there because you had to wake up a little bit early to get, <laughs> to get a spot there. <laughs> yeah. I, I do think it's a hair small for the size uh, for Freedom, but no, it definitely felt, has, as you say, a little bit more sophisticated feel to it, a little bit more resort-style feel to it. So there was one afternoon we got back from one of the ports, and it was pretty dead, so I was able to get some photos and video, uh, but I didn't get we didn't get to really experience it. But we, we stayed mainly near the, the new Caribbean pool area on decks 11 and 12. But no, Solarium did nice. look nice absolutely um now of course so we got to talk about my favorite thing in the whole wide world dining some of the food and they added some new restaurants we already talked about el loco fresh there uh the big one is giovanni's italian kitchen this is the new refresh uh it's coming to other ships as well explorer and allure of the seas and uh did you get a chance to eat at giovanni's italian kitchen we did we ended up being there twice on our trip so we had made a reservation before the cruise for the first one all night and then we liked it so much that we actually ended up eating there on the last night because we get a few extra days so we said well why not eat there again it has a pretty wide menu and Heidi's a pretty picky eater so she does like Italian food so it was a no-brainer to be like oh let's just go back there and try out some of the stuff we didn't get to try the first time nice what did you uh, what did you order what'd you like we tried a little bit of everything so I, I never ate the original Giovanni, so you would probably know a lot more than me about what the older menu is was before, because we're more familiar with the Jamie's Italian concept on Royal Ships. Mm-hmm. But they do have some family style. They have these pizzas, which are really good. We did um, whatever the suggested pizza is. Off the top of my head, I can't remember it, but it has like um, prosciutto on it and, and a ham and uh, yeah, prosciutto or ham, like a spicy salami or prosciutto or something like that. And then they put honey over it with a guatta cheese. That was really good. The pastas were really good. Uh, I Heidi did the chicken parm, which you can never go wrong with. So, and then honestly, the desserts—we're not usually huge fans of cruise ship desserts. We usually say, "Oh, they're okay." The desserts—they were unbelievable. They have this bananas dessert that they bake in the pizza oven, so it has like this thin crust, and it comes out almost like a calzone. It's with Nutella. Oh, it's delicious. Uh, cannolis were great. Tiramisu was great. So, it was really—we eat there again on another ship when they bring that concept to other ships we're sailing on. We loved it. Yeah, I think they've. I mean, first of all, it sounds great, um, and I and I can't <laughs> wait to try it. And of course, you're from Boston, so obviously a little bit of uh, Massachusetts, I should say. But the you know you've got that. You, you certainly are not um, uh, apart from a lot of great Italian food where you live, anyway. So that's really good to hear that you guys really did enjoy that. Yeah, no, of course, between the North End in Boston and you know Little Italy area in Providence at Wills Ave. Yeah, we've we've definitely eaten tons of Italian food, and this definitely was up there as some of the better Italian restaurants that we've eaten at, especially on a cruise ship. Um, but just in general, I think it was really uh, a diverse menu. So some people may not have liked the uh, Jamie's menu. There's a lot of different things here to try, and then the servers are actually kind of fun. They they have a, they call it their second name. So they tell you that their Italian name. They give you some information about who they are. It's kind of like almost like a character. Uh, so just the environment, atmosphere, it just is, is really fun. And then, of course, they give you free limoncello. Well, I say free, but you pay for it. But at the end, there's complimentary limoncello, which is kind of makes it a, a complete experience. Wow. That, that's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, do you get a chance to try Izumi Hibachi? We didn't get we didn't get a chance to do that it but we of course we did take a look at it uh we've eaten there we've eaten on hibachi once on royal i want to say we must have done it on mariner maybe or navigator one of those um so we didn't eat there the only other specialty dining we did was chops okay what'd you think of chops it was one of my better chops experiences i think the steak was well done 
uh, not well done. It was prepared like I like it exactly medium. Not well done. I don't. I don't like it. Like <laughs> uh, service was good. It was busy. We went on night five. We we had a free specialty dining from our travel agent, and the first day we were there, and we were able to get one night, but they were pretty packed. But no, it was a good experience. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I mean, look, it's Chops Grill. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's hard to go wrong with the with the steak right there. That's great. How about uh, do you get a chance to at least walk in through Playmakers? Oh, we ate at Playmakers for like a lunch afternoon, one day to eat some of the food, and then we got drinks there another time. It's re- we really like those Playmakers. We've never been on Independence Seas where I guess it's in a similar location. We're just used to it on either the Promenade or, or a different location. But yeah, down on deck four, it's really open. And I think it does a great job of, I think, the concept they're going for, right? The games are kind of intertwined with the tables, and then the TVs wrap around the whole area. So it's a more lively experience. There weren't any real, I mean, there was like football, European football or soccer, as us Americans call it, on there. There wasn't any sports. I'd I'd be particular to watch, but I can see if it was during like football season, American football season, or baseball season, or, or something like that, that would just, that place would be hopping, it would be packed. Nice. I'm glad to hear that. That's that's really that's awesome because you know Playmakers has been. I love the idea. I love the concept. Mm-hmm. It's a cool place to hang out. But for food, I've always found it extremely slow service. Um, but I am glad to hear that when on your cruise you did not encounter that issue. Uh yeah no I mean I think they're just still filling things out. It, it, you could tell the servers didn't know who's like if there were sections because there's no host or hostess you kind of just walk in you can walk in either from the casino side or from like boleros and you just kind of go in there and if you want to sit down and start playing the table games or order a drink so i I don't think they had figured it out just yet of how to how to situate things we didn't have to wait too long but we were playing the tabletop games they had all these different things you could play they had a couple pool tables that were free so we made good use of our time there good i'm glad to hear that uh, now, of course, in addition to the to the to food and some of the pool deck changes, they also added some other things uh, to the ship. You've got laser tag, uh, which has always been a very very popular uh, option for uh, on any ship that has been added there. Uh, Adventure Ocean got redone, which um, again I don't know if yet I know that you guys don't have kids, so I wasn't sure if you had any opportunity to check that out as well because Adventure Ocean and the Teen Club. Both areas were, were uh, changed over, which is, and I they saw this, uh, at least I'm assuming very closely, on Oasis of the Seas. I got to imagine, based on the description, it's very similar here on Freedom as well. Uh, so some big changes there. Also, the app. Let's talk about the app a little bit, because I'm sure you use that for your check-in. Uh, that's something that Royal Caribbean is touting quite a bit. And it, in my experience, it really does help that check-in process overall. Yeah, it does. I think we were lucky because there was no other cruisers coming off the ship. So the app does help, but we literally went through security. Uh, They did have some increased health measures that you had to go through and and questionnaire and temperature. But basically, we went through check-in. We had the app. They scanned it. They asked a few questions. And then we were able to walk right on the ship. So that's always a benefit. Um, I think that they're still trying to update it for Freedom because you, you still need a paper compass. Because a lot of the things weren't in the app throughout the cruise. So, of course, first cruise, there's always these things that got to work out, right? So it wasn't as helpful during the actual cruise, but we've used it on other ships. And when it's up and running, you're right. It's great. You don't need to have a compass. You just check and see what's going on. Uh, book excursions if you want to or dining or other things. A lot of that functionality wasn't on the ship yet. Makes sense. Absolutely. So yeah. looking looking back at it, what were what's your, like your top couple of additions, enhancements, changes on Freedom of the Seas? 
well, definitely the dining we talked about, right? You can talk about food all day long. Uh, <laughs> so definitely like the addition there. And if we went back, we definitely would try the hibachi because we did have a good experience on that. Uh, on, on another royal ship, uh, the Caribbean pool deck was great there. We like the lemon coconut bar menu too. So the watermelon Rita is one of Heidi's favorite drinks. Um, and I felt like they were fresh too. I feel on some of the uh, on Navigator, maybe because they're the weekend cruises that the drinks were kind of pre-made here i noticed the bartenders were making all the drinks uh, when you came up there so and the bar menu and that experience there on the pool deck and then we liked clash uh, for crystal city the laser tag again we're big kids so i do yeah. the water slides and yes we definitely played laser tag once we did it on the last sea day i think it's only open on sea days for our sailing and we went right when it opened and we were probably the second group there was no wait so you know we always say this, and I'm sure you say it too. If you want, if there's something you definitely want to do, get there when it opens, especially on one of these bigger ships. And I, I liked it more than was it Battle for Planet Z. I think the theming was better. You could see a little bit better. I feel like sometimes we've played Battle for Planet Z and it's dark, whereas mm. the whole ice kind of ice frozen Earth concept makes it a little bit brighter. It's still like black lights and things like that. So um, that was fun. And like I said, the outdoor stuff. So the Caribbean pool deck, and then yeah, the fl- we didn't Florida has always been there, but you have the water slides there. Uh, and all the other sports deck amenities that you can use too, which is a great time on Freedom. That's yeah, great to hear. I really like that. I'm excited to try it out. I hope I get to have a chance to go on that ship. I just went on her a couple weeks before you did, but that was pre-refurb mm-hmm. back in uh, December. But yeah, it sounds. I love every time a ship comes out of refurbishment. It's always like, wow, that this is the new hotness, you know. And it's like it's really impressive. So uh, I'm glad to hear that you certainly enjoyed it as well. Now there was a, an aspect to this cruise that was different. Uh, because the, as I mentioned, your cruise was in the middle of the cruise when Royal Caribbean announced its 30-day uh, voluntary suspension of, of sailings, and um, which was fine because they said, okay, you're already out to sea. You're going to conclude your sailing. And at the end of your seven-night uh-huh. sailing, why don't you take, take us through what happened there as you guys came back to Puerto Rico? Yeah, so we had been following all the updates from all the other cruise lines, right? We have social media online, so it felt like one after one, the cruise lines were canceling earlier mid that week. And then after the press conference on Friday, they made that announcement and all the major cruise lines couldn't royal, you know, put the 30-day voluntary suspension. So we're supposed to disembark. So that's Friday. We have Saturday is our last day. It's at St. Thomas. And then Sunday is supposed to get off in Puerto Rico. So we wake up at like 6.30 in the morning or 6, 6.30 uh, Sunday. And we're moving like we're, we're, we're not slowing down. So that's sending a little odd to us. So around seven o'clock we looked outside and there was not land to be found. So we got the announcement that unfortunately the government officials in Puerto Rico, were not going to let the ship dock. And we found out later, I think that the same thing happened to Norwegian ship. that was supposed to dock there in carnival ship as well. So they were not going to let us dock. So we got a couple extra days because they rerouted us to Miami. So instead of, Coming home on Sunday, we were getting two more days and actually docked in Miami on Tuesday morning. So let me ask you this. Two extra days in a, in a vacuum. I love two extra days. Who doesn't love two extra days? Except there's a lot of logistics that are a problem. Number one, your flight home. Your number mm-hmm. number two, you've got work on Monday and Tuesday, uh, probably. Um, how did that – so what was your reaction when you heard that? When we first heard that we weren't going to be docking, there was like, okay, and then Miami, like, okay, two more days. We're like, what? I, I mean, I know you couldn't make it the same day, but I'm like, oh, maybe midday Monday. Um, we're lucky that I think with everything going on right now in the world that we weren't worried about canceling flights or doing things. We fly with Southwest a lot, who has one of the best. This free plug for Southwest. Uh, I think some of the best cancellation policies. So 
we were lucky we had the internet a royal did make the internet available for folks to to do all the different travel changes they need to make so that morning we were able to cancel our flights uh, and then rebook flights for Tuesday and actually actually save some money. So that's a shocker. Oh. Uh, so that was that was that that eased some of our concerns. I'm very fortunate that my boss, because you're right, I did have did have to work Monday. Is is really understanding. She's amazing, and I did work Monday and Tuesday. The internet came and went. Like there were sometimes like this is perfect. This is what you know, Voom's supposed to be like. And then other times with once everyone kind of woke up or peak hours like middle of the day and stuff that it would slow down so i was able to get some work done um but i caught up when i got home so that wasn't too big a deal and honestly given all the stuff we heard about of what was happening back on land those two extra days were amazing right we had plenty of food plenty of booze plenty of toilet paper uh, everyone on the ship was all had the same i think mentality of we're going to make the best of it uh we're going to put in the procedures Throughout the trip, Royal had done a lot from extra hand sanitizing and stations kind of all over the ship and reminding people to wash their hands, which they always do, and just putting in some other kind of health protocols. And I think during those two extra days, everyone kind of doubled down on all that. I think you walked by a hand sanitizer, so like mandatory just to sanitize your hands no matter how many times you had done it that day. And they were really accommodating, too, for, for folks. We didn't have to take advantage of any of the, the additional benefits, but they were giving people credits if you had – change flight fees they were going to pay a certain amount uh if you couldn't get a flight out tuesday they were going to give you credit towards a hotel on tuesday night so they did and like i said they gave people free internet to use so they made the best of a situation and luckily we didn't have to take advantage of any of that uh, they did have shuttles for us too so there were free shuttles to the fort lauderdale uh, fort lauderdale airport or miami airport which we did take advantage of the free airport shuttle so it, it was it was actually <laughs> Two nice sea days, um, you know, and oh, your drink package still worked. So we had our drink package. Good thing we bought that. Um, so that so they didn't charge you anything for that. And our internet still worked too. So we had the internet package and extended for those two extra days as well. That's fantastic. I mean, I know they've done certain things like that with hurricane sailings. They got extended, but mm-hmm. um, it's really. I mean, they don't have to give you two free days of internet drink dining packages if you already had pre-purchased them. So yeah, wow, that that's tremendous. But I'm glad to hear that it didn't create like a giant problem because I could imagine like nowadays, since I do Royal Caribbean blog um, full time, it's not a problem. I wouldn't mind at all. It'd be a problem for my kids Mm -hmm. coming back to school. But um, I I feel like I can deal with the third grade teacher a whole lot better than some of my old bosses (laughs) who would have been like, I'm sorry, you're doing what now? Like that would have been, that would give me a lot of anxiety, you know? So I'm glad to hear that the, the flights worked out and it really did end up being um, just a, unexpected extra long vacation um as as it turned out no it did and i think again everyone on the ship was kind of uh had, had the same feeling about it, it that, that morning we were i think the first hour or two was a little frustrating because we were like what are we going to do the internet wasn't working very well because i think everyone heard that and everyone jumped to their iphone or, or their ipad or whatever but um the only downside of that is because of this trip in general it wasn't just the two days but because my wife was traveling and she works in healthcare, and since cruising is getting a little bit of bad rap she is self-quarantined so it wouldn't have mattered it's not because of those two extra days right it's just because we decided to take the trip so the only thing is that now you know she's she's home with <laughs> home with me for an extra two weeks <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, uh, before I let you go, of course, you went to the ABC Islands and you talked about how you, you know, were looking forward to the Southern Caribbean itinerary. So, what did you do in each of the islands? We we haven't gotten there a lot. I think actually we've only been to some of these islands once before. So we did 
like full day tours every single day, which also kind of made those two extra CDs a little bit more relaxing, could take some more photos and videos. But so real quick, in Aruba, we did uh, this kind of ultimate safari on the back of one of those Jeeps. So they have a lot of all-terrain vehicle type excursion you can do there. So we did one, um, like this full day that goes all around the island where you don't drive the vehicle, someone else drives you, kind of in those open safari vehicles. I'm sure you've done stuff similar to that. They were amazing. Uh, ABC Tours is, is who we did that with. We booked it privately, not through the cruise line. Uh, in Bonaire, we did some snorkeling. I know it's really uh, well known for its snorkeling and scuba diving, so we did a private tour there again too with a company that took to to uh, climb Bonaire, that little island that you can kind of see from the ships. We did that. Curacao, we did another private tour. I'm getting a trend here, right, Matt? We did another private <laughs> tour. We did this beach hopping tour. We're not big beach people, but last time we were in Curacao on Adventure of the Seas, we did one of those kind of island tours with Royal. So we had seen most of the stuff of like downtown and then the Hato Caves. So we did this this modified kind of tour that takes you to the west part of the island. That was fine. Um, a lot of the beach was really busy, but but it was still fine. And then in St. Thomas, we went over uh, to St. John, which we had never done before, and did Trunk Bay, which was amazing. The snorkeling there was really cool too. That was through Royal Caribbean, and I think the tour was run pretty well. It was it was fairly priced the only problem is i think with some of those tours is you don't get enough time at the actual location it's like a 45 ish minute ferry there 45 minutes ferry back you got roughly 90 minutes on the beach right so it would have been great to get a little bit more time there but um but our first time to st john's i know we'll definitely go back yeah st john is amazing and that's why um i tried to get there my last time you're not wrong we looked at the royal caribbean excursion um and it's it's very limited. In fact, I talked to, I went. Remember going to the staff on board the ship and being like, "Is this a mistake?" And they're like, "No, that's the way it is." But, um, but yeah, if you've been to St. Thomas at all before, you've got to add St. John to your list as a mm-hmm. must-do because it's absolutely incredible. It sounds like you had a really nice time in the other ports you got to visit. And yeah, I got to think after all that touring, uh, a couple of extra days there at the end <laughs> is a nice way to kind of wrap things up and relax a little bit. No, it definitely was, and and the last port of call was St. Thomas, so that was like the last day, and I, I can't remember. There were two times, but to your point, I, you still didn't get much time. We did the little bit later tour that left. I think we docked at like 8.30 or 9, and we did like the 11 a.m. tour, but I think there was one early, but I think the total amount of time was there. It's tough to get there, I think, from where Royal docks compared sure. to somewhere, the other ships, but, um, but no, we had a great time in all the ports of call. The weather was beautiful the whole time probably mid to upper 80s i think it rained maybe 10 minutes in st thomas <laughs> that was it it was just sunny and beautiful the whole time and then as we headed back to miami it got a little bit cooler but still like upper 70s and, yeah. and sun so yeah it was it was a great trip given everything that was going on like i said back home like we were loving it yeah uh you know i forgot to ask something that i know people ask me all the time during the amplification could you was your room updated at all Unfortunately, it was not. That was one of the only things that we were a little disappointed with. It looked like the room hadn't been touched at all. Yeah. I'm not surprised yeah. to hear that because that's just not been Royal Caribbean's MO uh, with these amplifications. Um, I, I think that they feel confident with the you know routine maintenance that goes into it. They don't need to gut the rooms. I know some cruise lines gut the rooms, but Royal yeah. really does not do that at all. So, But I'm, I'm sure someone was going to ask me that, and I certainly was curious about it as well. Um, but, of course, there's a lot more stuff about Freedom of the Seas and some of the changes and things that Don and Heidi did over at EatSleepCruise.com. So I'll have a link in our show notes to that. Don, thanks so much for uh, joining us here. Oh, thanks for having me, Matt. 
All right, let's answer some of your listener emails. We'll start off with an email from Patrick Ritz. I love listening to your podcast. It's made the countdown to our sail date fly by. I'm setting sail on my first cruise on Harmony of the Seas, and I'm cruising with a girlfriend of two and a half years and her family. Any tips for cruising with in-laws, first-time cruisers, cruising on Harmony, things to do in port. We're stopping at St. Martin, San Juan, and Perfect Day, Coco Key. Thanks for the podcast. Wow, dude, cruising with your girlfriend and their parents. You are a brave man. I admire your gumption, sir. Uh, I wish you the best of luck. <laughs> Mike, in terms of cruising with in-laws, no matter what, your in-laws are always right and your girlfriend is always right during this cruise anyway. Do not get into the middle of a fight. <laughs> Just step away. First time cruiser stuff. You know, we have a lot of tips here uh, on the podcast as well at realgrammingblog.com for first time cruisers, but plan as much as you can. Arrive to the cruise port at least a day ahead of time. Uh, read a past cruise compass from Harmony of the Sea so you have an idea of what to expect on your sailing. Um, good tips like that. And, you know, Harmony is such a fantastic ship. I mean, see all the shows. They're such great entertainment. Even if you're, as first time cruisers, you may be looking at something and be like, do I really want to go to the ice skating show? Ordinarily, that does sound lame. But on a cruise ship, it's actually really fun. Check it out. It is a really cool thing to do. St. Martin, um, I like doing a little potpourri. I like taking a taxi over to Grand Case Beach and then uh, maybe go check out the airplanes landing at Maho Beach. That's always fun. San Juan, you don't have to book any excursions. Just walk off the ship. You'll be docked in old San Juan. It's really easy to walk around on your own. And Perfect Day Coco Key, uh, again, the only reason you want to book something is if you want to do the water park or cabana. That will save you money for pre-book ahead of time. But again, Patrick, pre-booking is always a good mantra when it comes to anything you want to do, whether it's an excursion, uh, something on board the ship. It really does make a difference right there. Next, we have an email from Jesse and Chuck Rudy. Ritz. hello, Matt. My husband and I have been listening to you for the past year and a half. Our first cruise was on Allure of the Seas in 2019, then Enchantment of the Seas in August 2019, and lastly, Oasis at the start of February 2020. We have another Oasis cruise planned for this November. Your podcast has been very helpful to us cruise virgins. We wanted to share some thoughts uh, and experiences sailing with our special needs kid. Our son number two is 10 years old and has autism, anxiety, and sensory processing disorder. Vacations can sometimes be a logistical nightmare. He's easily overstimulated by the people around us, the noise, lights, and really any number of things. We have two other sons who are 13 and seven. The seven-year-old has ADHD and is not as touchy as our other son can be. We've researched many cruise lines and we chose Royal Caribbean because they are the most highly rated among the autism community. We had a wonderful travel agent that we met with on Facebook page for our sailing. He recommended that we contact the special access department ahead of time to see what they could help us with. Normally, I would not do that because we do not try to call our attention to ourselves. I was so happy that I reached out. They have an email address or you can fill out a special form online. Super simple. For our crew, we sent them a general statement saying that we were traveling with a special needs kid. They immediately emailed me back and asked what kids, what kinds of things they would be, would be helpful for them. The first thing we said was that they could have someone meet us at the pier and walk us on the ship so our son would not need to stand in line. Lines are a huge trigger. When we got to the Miami Pier, we did not have a line, so we did not really need the service, but the peace of mind really gave me by offering this was so worth it. The next thing I asked for was an early dinner time away from as much of the crowd as possible and near an exit. We had to leave dinner early more often than once, and it was the best plan ahead. They seated us in a smaller section of the dining room near an exit. It was perfect. Our wait staff was wonderful. They rolled with the punches and were not easily offended by the things that we, they heard our kids say. Our son has recently started using sarcastic humor and is sometimes very literal. They were able to accommodate my son and his nutritional idiosyncrasies. I was nervous about the shows, lines, and people. Our son is blind in one eye and we, tend, we need to sit toward one side of the venue. The access department let me know we could show up at the shows a little early and they would help us get seated where it would work for him. Again, we did not end up needing this, but it was nice to have that option. Another really cool thing is that our son loves Legos. My family are able to check Legos out from the kids club along with other games and toys. 
This is nice when you have no extra luggage space for these items. When I called to ask for Legos, the gal that answered the phone was so kind. She asked how he was doing and if there was anything else she could do for him. We ended up sending our son a new Lego set of the ship with a card letting him know that it was his to keep. The access department then called every couple days to check on our son. This really made us feel special and supported and was a personal touch. For people that don't know, the Kids Club can be awesome for special needs kids. The staff all have four-year degrees and are kind, caring, and energetic. I felt comfortable leaving my son there. They will give you a pager walkie-talkie thing if you know about your kid's diagnosis. We did not need this as my 10-year-old has a cell phone, which they allowed him to take into the club with him. Another neat thing is that my older son could check the younger ones in and out. This made the younger ones feel cool. Uh, something else that sticks out of my mind is whenever our son started to stim or needed or caused a scene, I could say to nearby staff, he's autistic. This simple statement helped pave our way. Staff were quick to intervene when needed. For example, my son spilled a mango smoothie when I had just paid for. A waiter came by not two minutes later with a freshman and he knew my son's name. So awesome. Thank you so much for getting us excited about cruising. We're now cruise addicts. I'd like other families to know that Royal Caribbean is a great vacation, especially with autistic kids. Wow, that's incredible. And I am so glad to hear not only that you were treated so well, but that you took the time to send us this email because I know for a fact that there's other people who are wondering similar things and have similar concerns. And I'm sure your experience and you detailing everything that occurred there is gonna be a great help to a lot of people. So really appreciate that. Thank you very much. Next, we have an email from Joe Sikora who writes, the main reason to not check a second bag is when you're tuck, stuck schlepping around three bags for two people in the airports, etc. The husband is the mule for this. That's why I've lent my wife to one bag no matter how long the trip. She's done 17 days without prodding. We're a Holland America cruise couple, but still really enjoy your podcast. <laughs> Joe writing us about the uh, the packing episode. And Joe, yeah, I know the mule situation there quite all too well. Um, yeah, but obviously, if you can help it, definitely uh, pack lightly, right? There you go. Next, we have an email from PJ in Houston. Who writes, hey, Matt, heading into St. Thomas and have no idea what to do, though not on Royal Caribbean. It'll be my wife and I, our two girls, age seven and five, and my wife's parents. We'll be doing a snorkel cruise on Tortola the previous day and are planning a private island beach at the next stop. So we're not sure we want to repeat those things. Is there an activity or island tour you'd recommend for a group like this? So uh, St. Thomas has a lot to do, um, but it is there are some challenges with that. And I do recommend definitely booking something uh, in advance. Number one attraction in St. Thomas is definitely Megan's Bay. This is a beach, it's a national park, very, very popular, people go there. If you're not really interested in going to another beach, even though it is one of the most beautiful beaches in the whole wide world, uh, I would recommend actually something different. You could do, uh, take a ferry over to St. John's. Uh, they have absolutely stunning beaches. So I, I would say that St. John is the most beautiful beach I've ever been to in my life. I really do believe it's that nice. Um, it, and it's a really cool thing to do. You could also just go shopping downtown, Charlotte Amalie. There's a nice downtown area. There's dining, there's shopping. People tend to look to go there to pick up souvenirs, especially jewelry. That's really popular there as well. Um, there are a number of island tours that are available. Godfrey Tours is one that's really well recommended. It's a, not through Royal Caribbean, but Royal Caribbean offers its own variety of things to do there. Um, it's a popular option for a lot of people who do the tours to go and do a couple different things. Usually it involves getting picked up in a bus, heading over to like mountaintops. You can see uh, some fantastic views, driving around to some other part of the island, seeing some history, maybe stopping at a beach afterwards. Um, there's a lot of different ones in there. Also, I know Sunny Liston Tours is a very popular option as well. So you've got some good choices there. I would Google around. You know, there's a ton of things to do. I don't love St. Thomas anymore. Uh, there's a variety of things that have kind of waned, but St. John, absolutely fantastic. I'd say if you haven't been there yet, take the ferry ride over. It's really cool. Um, we have a blog post at royalcreamblog.com about how to get to St. John is really good. 
Our next email is from Jbub, who writes, love the great information you provide on Royal Caribbean. Me and my girlfriend are going on a cruise in September for her birthday. Royal Caribbean has been informed of her birthday. I was wondering if they'll do anything to help the celebration, like decorating the cabin so I don't duplicate anything. Thanks for the info you provide. Royal won't decorate on their own. The only thing you could do in terms of decorations is you could purchase a room decoration package. You can get that via Royal Caribbean's Cruise Planner website and purchase that for your room. Um, but beyond that, when it comes to celebrations, whether it's a birthday or an anniversary, certainly you're doing the right thing. Number one, J-Bub, you're letting them know that of what's going on. Second of all, you've got uh, the option to, when you check in for any restaurant or activity, let them know it's your, it's your girlfriend's birthday. You never know. Um, we get this question a lot, you know, it's someone's special occasion. What will Royal Caribbean do? It really varies. It depends on the crew member. Number one, they got to know about it. They're not mind readers. So you know, let them know. Like, oh yeah, we're here to check in for dinner. It's my girlfriend's birthday to, you know, today or this week or what have you. That's usually a good way to, to frame it right there. You never know. Sometimes you get a special dessert uh, with your meal. Sometimes people, someone will sing to you. Who knows? Maybe you'll move to the front of the line of something. Uh, but let them know, you know, in casual. Not not sitting there and be like, uh, do you know it's my girlfriend's birthday? What are you going to do for us? Like, mm, no, that's really not the way to do it. That's quite frankly rude. What you should do is just mention it in passing and something happens, great. And if not, hey, you're still on a cruise vacation, right? There you go. And we have time for one more email today. And it's coming to us from... Declan from Port Canaveral, Florida. And we're going on Harmony of the Seas, and I believe they offer seven night cruises. We've only been on Disney Dream and loved it. My question is, how busy does it get on the deck? We're a family of five and don't like lots of crowds, but we don't mind people. Also, if we book our cruise on Harmony, should we try the Ultimate Abyss? Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Declan, great email. Um, You know, Harmony of the Seas is a fantastic ship. I absolutely love it. Um, in terms of how busy it is to get on the deck, I mean, look, even on Disney ships, when they're sail away, there's a lot of people on the deck. That's going to happen. On sea days, on a Disney ship, any almost any mass market cruise line, it's gonna, is it going to be crowded on the pool deck if it's sunny outside and it's a sea day? Yeah, probably. But they manage it really well. One of the things a lot of people don't realize about, especially the Oasis-class ships, they say, oh my goodness, a ship that can hold you know 6,000 passengers, it must be a zoo on there. No. Royal designed these ships to help distribute crowds. So that way, not everyone's doing the same exact thing. And I will tell you that, and this is from experience from other people as well, is that you know people are tend to be spread out on the ship because the way the ship is designed, because of the numerous offerings that are on board, um, it really does help with crowds. So it, won't, it will not feel like a, a sardine can if that's what you're worried about there. Should you try the ultimate best? Heck yeah, you should. It's free, dude. Well, it's included. You paid for it. Nothing's free. You paid for it. But yeah, absolutely, you should try it. It's a lot of fun. Really cool. Keep your elbows in. That is my advice. Don't let any piece of your body hit the slide as you go down. Otherwise, you're going to get a nasty rug burn. But Declan, thank you so much for the email. Thank you to everybody for checking out this episode of the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. Until next week, we'll talk again real soon.